This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Welcome back. Uh, I don't know if you remember from yesterday, but I mentioned that there was a tweet that I saw from the Department of State with uh, Anthony Blinken's name on it. The United States remains unwavering in our commitment to achieve the sustainable goals by 2030. And uh, I thought, well, this is pretty serious because I've never even really looked into these 17 goals. I know that they're taught in colleges and and beyond. Uh, what are these goals and why are we committed to it? I wanted to look into that a little bit. And so I just started going through that and sharing with you my perspective from six years of podcasting. How's that? And my practical experience. You're going to decide for yourself what you think of these goals. Uh, but something else came across here that I thought I should probably tie into this story. And before I tie this in, um, I think if you want to make this story very simple, that this sustainable development goals are a political initiative which is fed by groupthink. This is not a, a governance. It's purely political. I don't know if you understand the difference there. But this is purely political, not in the, in the realm of, of good governance. I think that's the one thing that I want to point out. And then secondly, the popularity of it, the spread of it, is relying heavily on groupthink. Just keep that in mind. So then I came across this story, and I thought this ties in perfectly. And it's a familiar story, but uh, here it is posted for uh, Saturday September 23rd, so it's a recent article by PJ Media. The destruction of the United States is intentional. Here's what will happen next. And the author, who is the author? Well, I don't know. Sorry. I don't have it here. Got to be in here somewhere. We'll come across it. We'll figure it out. Points out that basically... Biden at the hands of Obama and and Klaus Schwab, maybe others, are successfully driving the United States to destruction, and that their plan only took a four-year detour when President Trump uh, was in office. And even then, look what they did to fight to make sure that they continued on. Now, they're saying that this operation... Uh, started many years ago, and maybe you've heard this story. It's been around. I've spoken about it. Soviet defector Yuri Bezmenov. You remember this guy in the video? And he warned that uh, college professors, civil rights leaders would be indoctrinated, demoralized. Uh, generations of Americans would be convinced uh, to hate their nation and themselves even. This is crazy. I've seen the video myself. You search for it. You can easily find it. Hey, by the way, just to let you know, this uh, head cold, hopefully that's what it is, some kind of head cold. 
I just hope it doesn't become a sinus infection. That's when the problem begins. But anyway, I don't feel the best if I don't sound the best. I'm okay. Tired more than anything. Heavied up on my zinc. I have these uh, special vitamins my brother Dave recommended. They're great for respiratory stuff. Anyway, you're saying it's a that the Soviets infiltrated black communities, convinced them that they were uh, worth less than others, and, um, and, and pushed anger into those communities for generations. Um, the reason, he explains, that uh, highly educated uh, black people like the Obamas, Joy Reid, Corey Bush, screaming about raci- racism, even though they're the one percenters, because if, if systemic racism were real, how did these poor uh, serfs, as he put it, get so far? Okay, so I don't want to get into that right now. Uh, It goes on and on, and there's a lot of people that benefit politically from that. But remember what I said, that this UN initiative, which is uh, tearing at the the fabric, the philosophical fabric of what makes America, America, and and a fair and just government, okay, Um, a political movement based on groupthink. So what is that? So then he, he lays it out here. What is the Soviet plan? Now, I'm going to circle back to that. I'm not saying it's the Soviet plan. He's saying it's the Soviet plan, but stay with me. Number one, demoralize the people until they can't tell fact from fiction. Well, we're there. I don't know what to believe about anything. And I know a lot of people are saying the same. You can't trust your doctor. You can't trust the news. You can't trust the teachers. What can you trust? Number two, destabilize the nation's economy. Defense systems and foreign relations. Wow. Look at what's happening. Number three, create a crisis. A major event that causes the system to applode. Such as what? How about seven million migrants crashing our welfare system, our economy? And number four, uh, government implements socialism to make it all better. Interesting, right? Um, Now, this is his report. I don't know if I agree with all that. I think that there's more at play here than than anybody can possibly realize. And I, and I don't believe it's the Soviets. Maybe they were dabbling. Maybe the Chinese still are clearly messing with us. This stuff goes on. But I genuinely believe that the core of it is the fiat money system driving this madness. It's just because the, it ha, there has to be a real reset. And nobody wants to take the haircut. So they'll ride it to the bitter end. And even then, at the bitter end, everything gets doled up. Except there's going to be a little tariff on this for, you know, the lawyers and the judges. And, you know, for them to come in and solve the problems that they created, of course. And it's that part that I want to go back to talking about here. So the 17 goals, uh, no poverty. Uh, There's nothing practical being done by the UN or uh, as a result of this initiative. It's purely political, purely just pandering, text on a screen, reports, complaining, and nonsense. First goal, no poverty. If there was really an initiative to do that, it could be done. doesn't require communism or socialism. The first is to end fiat money. Stop government's ability to politicize the value of everything. Number two, zero hunger can easily be solved. 
They want to tell you that because of climate change that hunger is real. Why isn't infrastructure being put in place in places like California that were hurt by the drought? Why is there no talks of, of building another reservoir, another dam? It would provide clean hydroelectric power, and it would provide more water storage. You don't hear any discussions about that, not even so much as installing a rain barrel. So what is it really about? Number three, good health and well-being. Really? What initiatives have you seen? Whatever they're doing, it's going backwards. What would be the best thing? Everything that they do is, is wrong. And how do you conclude that it's nothing less than evil? Telling people that the sun is harmful, the harmful rays of the sun will cause cancer. and uh, It's like an essential nutrient. The, the, the processed water and processed everything, people would just eat more real natural food and get outside more often. Many of these issues would go away. Number four, quality education. Well, all of this is really tied together very much so here. Because I look at what's going on in education here in this country. Here's what I see. Whether it's, I forget the terms, primary and secondary, grade school, and then college. I don't know. Um, I'm just a simple guy. But here's what I see. Costs have gone through the roof across the board, and quality has gone down dramatically. Why is that? Because of all this other nonsense, such as the number fifth point here, gender equality, I hear more yammering about gender issues than I do about anything regarding reading, writing, and arithmetic. Matter of fact, I never hear anything about reading, writing, and arithmetic, except what I reported last week that basically all the kids in the Baltimore schools are completely uneducated. $20,000 a year budget per student, and none of them are even getting a decent education. What are they getting? You have to ask. Number six, well, I skipped number five, gender equality. How about gender respect? Why does government need to be involved in this? This is another big thought that I had. Would it make sense now we see that certain things you don't want politicized, that certain social issues are better handled by a different institution like a church, and I'm not saying it has to be a church or a synagogue or a, any religious uh, institution necessarily, but some type of private institution. And you've heard me talk about this. Look at uh, Shriners, for example. Right? That's a private institution. I don't know if they get government funding. I would imagine that there's some kind of money that gets over there somehow uh, in financial support. Uh, but it's a private organization, and it does phenomenal things. We need to encourage more of that. That's that's the the answer to the social issues being addressed. What's the term? I'll talk about it next week. Hold on, I'll pull it up here. Ableism. Have you heard of this? Some of this thinking is um, it's, it's taking advantage of our natural desire to be compassionate. You know, I don't disagree that as a modern society that we would commit a certain part of our resources for certainly criminal justice, certainly helping the poor, certainly helping the disabled, 
certainly taking care of our veterans. All I'm pointing out to you, and certainly educating young people, uh, certainly you know, setting the framework that people can live a healthy life, certainly laying the framework for a, a healthy functioning society that people are fed properly and, and have a- adequate um, you know, shelter and are cared for, absolutely. But, you know, some of this uh, gender equality, uh, the health approach, which is backwards, uh, the quality education, uh, you know, it's gone from, you know, K through 12 to they want paid-for daycare and free college. So a system that's already broken and costing a fortune they want to expand. They are doing it. They're expanding it by 30%. How's it get funded? What's the impact of that, especially on the poor people, going back to point number one? And I'm not the one that's saying that these efforts are not working. I shared it with you yesterday. They're the ones that are saying it's not working. Clean water and sanitation. Um it's so easy to solve in this day and age. It's not even funny. Uh, provide funding, private capital. Um, it's already done here in this country to the states. Uh, encourage the, the setup of, um, you know, municipal authorities. It was a, a huge opportunity. I don't know why, like, the American Society of Civil Engineers or something isn't pushing this kind of thing. Americans uh, could be leaders. Finance it with with public money, right? Market funds. Um, Go to these countries and make a deal and sell water to the people. Electric, whatever you want. It's called capitalism, I think. Some kind of hybrid of that. Affordable and clean energy. Less regulation, not more. Let the market sort it out. Instead of trying to force electric cars on everybody, an electric heat that's going to fail, decent work and economic growth, number eight. You know you know what the, the biggest cost to me is? Our family's biggest budget line item. Is it our housing? No, oh, we enjoy much more space than we need, but that's not our biggest expense. Food, no. Energy, nope. Other spending, nope. By far, <laughs> uh, it's our tax obligation. By like double. My tax obligations are twice as much as my mortgage, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Do you understand? That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. How can you decent work and economic growth when they're taking that much in taxes? And if that's not enough, on top of it, uh, they're, they're running up all this debt that is in turn running up an inflation. You can't afford to buy anything. The American dream gone. I'm hearing these immigrants talk about this. They said that we're going to come here for opportunity, not to live in, in, in refugee camps. That's not what they wanted. Industry, innovation, and infrastructure. How about if you if you back off, get OSHA to back off? How about if you get rid of these IRS agents that small business can actually innovate and work again 
instead of dealing with all this regulatory madness. I'm not saying we don't want a safe work environment. Who doesn't want a safe work environment? But instead of structuring OSHA like a Gestapo with with the heavy-handed fines, why not go down and help educate? Help, Help these businesses. Number 10, reduce inequalities. We have a photo of a, uh, um, a a person in a wheelchair, and this goes back to the ableism of you know when there's not proper infrastructure for wheelchair access. This whole issue has to be rethought, and I'll tell you why. How many handicap ramps to nowhere are there out there? I know we've got a ton of them in Pennsylvania, and I've talked about it. And I could go on and on. Uh, the 202 Parkway near us. It's the most modern uh, freeway, highway project here in, in recent memory. Um, the planning of it went on for decades. And it's got a bike trail and a and, uh, meadow area for drainage. It's not mowed. It's, it's uh, you know, very uh, uh, environmentally friendly. And it's beautiful. And the huge money for these crazy handicap ramps and posts for the pedestrian buttons. And uh, I never see any of it used by any uh, handicapped people. And at some point, I think you just have to say, look, are we, are we getting the cost benefit out of this? Some people you'll know in a wheelchair, maybe even a veteran, they might argue with me on that. But something's got to change on this. It's We can no longer afford to, to bear the burden of it. Sustainable cities and communities. What does that even mean? I brought this up before. Why don't they encourage clotheslines and um, um, meadow area instead of lawn? You know, you know what? The, and, and snow tires. You know what? Let me give you two things that could absolutely radically improve water quality in this country. You ready? The um, um, uh, making it illegal to use uh, lawn care products, fertilizer and weed killer, um, naturalized methods only. Back in the day, if you wanted a weed-free lawn, you went get a special type of grass, and you did the work to put that in. But um, all the pollution, not all of it, but most of the pollution in the waterways is uh, lawn chemicals and road salt. The increase of salt, salt, salt. So... And in many places, there's still laws on the books requiring the use of studded tires and chains. Not everybody's going to know what I'm talking about when I say that. That's how infrequent it is. We need to go back to that. And you go out in this little low rider without even snow tires on, and you're going to get a ticket. How's that? Ticket and toad. <laughs> um, we need to do it for the environment. It would, there you go. That's it. It wouldn't really, really cost a penny. And you could phase it in, you know. I mean, I, I realize that some of these changes impact things differently. You'd have to look at, you know, school districts. Might have to go back to putting chains on the buses. This is a burden. It really is. But it's, just, it's a shifting of the burden. It would save money. I see salt thrown all over the place. So there's your, your sustainable cities and communities. I just solved your, your water problem. Require that uh, um, outdoor uh, laundry drying facilities are available and rain barrels installed on house, new homes and, and renovated homes. 
These are, are things that would have a, a real tangible impact. They really would. Plant more trees. Make that part of your sustainability. For every new development, there has to be um, uh, uh, more trees planted. Have the money pulled together. Uh, cooperation instead of regulation. I remember this with the wetlands issue. Wetlands was hot back in the 90s. I was involved in, in uh, real estate development, land development. And you'd have this property, and you'd have to go through all this expense to map these wetlands that they, uh, through their you know warped interpretation of the laws, determined were included as, as waters of the Commonwealth. And so they regulated it, and they would come out, and they'd go, you know, you have this big property, and right in the middle of it is like a 20-foot a by 20-foot area of wetlands, and you can't build there. <laughs> you have to preserve it. It's nuts. It's nuts. Now, I'm giving you one verse, one side of it, and um, I'm giving you very little detail on this issue. I'm not going to go all the way into the wetlands thing. But I'll just say this. Uh, I think that a much better approach on that, certainly you want to preserve the larger wetland areas. It is important to the, um, to the, to the ecosystems of, of the waterways. It really is. Okay, I get it. But these little areas that they're, you know, 10 foot by 10 foot, Say, so look, just have a fee in lieu of and use that money to, to build a proper wetland area somewhere where you really would attract vegetation and um, healing of the ground and the water. These things aren't difficult. Uh, responsible consumption and production. Responsible consumption and production. Recycling, I suppose. I would just say this, whatever we survey is ending up uh, non-landfilled, there should be fees directly put on the manufacturers to clean it up, and they'll find their own ways. There needs to be changes to packaging um, with all the changes in, in the way retail works. I mean, the place is just getting trashed up all over. The water bottle thing has to stop. I don't know why everybody feels that they got to drink water out of a plastic bottle. It's ridiculous. I think we need, seriously need to relook at the amount of plastics that are being used. And if that's going to be allowed to continue, um, a, a process to, to recapture it instead of just letting it blow all over the place and destroying the planet, it really is. And nothing practical is being done about it. And then you got the whole battery problem, which brings on a whole other level. 13, climate action. You know, I would just as much the government stay out of the weather, honest to God. Life below water, the ocean. I talked about the pollution. Life on land. Preserve large areas and don't don't politicize the use. I mean, it has to continue. There should be ways to cooperate. You should be able to build pipelines and and be able to balance that with the natural needs of the, the habitat. Oh, I was really talking in technical terms there, wasn't I? I think that's two days in a row. I'm starting to sound a little Kamala-esque over here. You know, addressing the needs of the environment in an environmental way that preserves the environment so that we can all enjoy the environment in an environmental way that is good for the environment. <laughs> it's about how much sense this UN Sustainable Development Goals makes, quite frankly. 17 Partnerships for the Goals. Government should stay out of it. All of this, I would say, would be better served by a smaller government. I really do. What do you think about all this? I think that this thinking, this teaching that 
um, this philosophy that somehow the government needs to be involved in these things. The government is determined that this path that we're on poses an existential threat and it must stop. And they, they've, they've, you know, put out their reports and they've, they've put out their madness and the problems are getting worse. And I said to you, I, I don't believe you will see the ushering in of socialism. I view this as pure destruction due to fiat money. I think that the natural result of uh, fiat money is socialism. They have to take the resources to make the payments. There's no other choice. We got to take the gold. Why do you think they would did it with the fiat money? We got to pay the pay the debts. Nothing's been done to pay the debts of the country. Politicians, they get you know they have all these great ideas. Free college, great idea. Nobody wanted to pay for it though. Burn. That was the problem. Free. The irony that the the arguably the greatest political idea on the planet, free college, it propelled them to stardom. But nobody wanted to pay for it, Bernie. Not even here in the richest nation on the planet, as he likes to say. Isn't it amazing how they lie? They sit there. We're the richest nation on the country would carry more debt than any other country per capita, per GDP, however you want to put it. We're in debt up to our eyeballs. And I think the, the, the roosters are, are coming home to roost. Is that how that goes? The chickens. That's what it was. It's, I told you I got a head cold. Don't judge me. And, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think we're in trouble. This country needs to uh, to rebuild, and we need to come up with a game plan, and it's not happening, uh, the madness. Why is socialism the result of fiat money? The fiat money ultimately breaks down into complete chaos and the tyranny as the, uh, as the final lack of trust in anything is in the money. Right? Nobody trusts the media. Nobody trusts the government. Nobody trusts the doctors. Nobody trusts the teachers. A lot of people don't trust the police. People are losing faith in the military for good reason. I mean, they start losing planes. You got to wonder, right? But when people lose complete faith in the money and you can't trade, well, that's when things are really going to break down. And they'll break down very quickly. And the government will have to step in. To restore order, they will say. And they will force everybody to continue to drink the poison. There's no other option until somebody steps in and says the debts will be forgiven. That never happens, though. And that's why we have wars, I believe. It really is. I'm not going to pay this back. Well, yes, you are. Somebody feels they're owed or entitled or whatever. I don't know. I know this. Crazy times. And these sustainable development goals are are a bad, bad idea. They only make our problems worse. And this is the direction that we continue to push in day by day. The borders wide open, the overtaxing, the poor management, the corruption, and failed money. I hear people saying, I thought that that was $31 trillion. Now all of a sudden it's $33 trillion. And I, I wanted to look into this. I'll leave you with this thought, how high the debt is. Wasn't it back around $18, trillion that they said a, a Ocasio-Cortexia there was off a rocker with the New Green scam because it would take us to $30 trillion in debt? And I said to you then, 
we're going to be there anyway. We should take the solar panels. And look where we are now. We're still paying for oil. I should have taken the solar panels. I told you that. I held out too long. I told you. If they would have thrown in a, you can go back and listen. If they would have thrown in a, a guaranteed free vacation, I was going with the new Green Deal. Nobody was open-minded about it. And we gave away everything. Nobody would even negotiate. I don't know what. There's a lot to talk about uh, coming up tomorrow. I'll be back. I uh, hope to see you there. Make it a great day.